Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. This episode of Military Wife Life is proudly brought to you by Defence Bank. Serving those who protect us, Defence Bank have the largest on-base branch network with 37 locations around Australia. They have Army, Air Force and Navy covered. To find your closest branch, visit defencebank.com.au. Well, welcome, Lisa, to the Military Wife Life podcast. Thanks for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. So you and your husband have been together for 30 years. Can you tell us what the secret is mm. and how you met and, and how you, <laughs> you guys have stayed together for so long? I was on a hen's night. He was on a buck's night for so the same couple. Yeah. <laughs> so my first sort of question was to him, are you married? He goes, no. And I went and said, fine, you'll do. And um, yeah, it's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so um, at the time, was he already in defence and what was his yes. situation? He was um, a sergeant out at uh, Richmond. Don't ask me what squadron or wherever he was. He was somewhere out there. As I said, I don't know. Didn't really understand the defence life at all back then. So your husband is Air Force. Can you tell us a little bit about his job and whether that takes you around the country with postings and does he go away? What's his situation? Currently now, he no, he doesn't go away. Like on exercises like to the Middle East and things like that, um, he's not medically fit as yet he has done two tours to the middle east while we've been married but he's oh what is he at i think it's called 95 wing so yeah he's at amberley when we got married got went to wagga so at wagga he was doing uh courseware development so designing courses for new recruits and things like that then we went to williamtown um he was at doing uh liquid oxygen then went from williamtown to adelaide to um edinburgh and was in a bit of a medical training area there and then from there to Richmond um, and that's when everything sort of went down with the Middle East. So once we went back to Richmond, he was in a flying squadron. So, yeah, that's why he did two tours to the Middle East. He went to Glenbrook for a few years, then went down to Canberra unaccompanied for three years while our boys were, um, well, the eldest was doing his HSC and the youngest was, uh, I think, year nine. So it was like we weren't going to move then. Yeah, so from there he came back, he went to Richmond again and then, yeah, now we've been up here for two years. The only moving sort of or going exercises is, you know, going to check out a site for training and things like that. So what was your introduction like to defence? Well, didn't really get that much involved. I went to Christmas parties. That was the first sort of thing, the two Christmas parties and just happened to be on the Sydney Harbour and that was sort of meeting some colleagues and I was like, yeah, no, I don't like any of you. Um, I'll, I'll keep to my Penrith friends sort of thing because they weren't very friendly. I didn't really get involved as such. When I worked in Wagga, I worked for the ANZ down there. Um, I met a couple of other RAF wives and we used to go to the sergeant's mess. She um, sort of took me under her wing sort of thing and, you know, I met people through there. But we didn't really get involved as such in the defence life while we were there in Wagga. It wasn't that big I got more involved in the defence life when we moved to Adelaide because I had young kids and got involved with a play group on base and did a lot of um, things with the community group there tried not to get involved it was like you know that's your work 
and I've got my life. Some people were a bit different and back like 30 years ago, it was officers wise and non-commissioned officers. It was, it was very segregated to what it is now. You know, people are a bit more uh, relaxed, I think, you know, everyone gets on with people, but um, back then it wasn't, it was, you know, they looked down your nose. How did you find it when your husband went to the Middle East? Like what was the communication like when he went there? Obviously like FaceTime and all of that sort of stuff uh, has well, only really... existed for a little while. So like yeah, what just was the... say FaceTime, that wasn't really a thing due to the fact that the job that he was doing, you know, he was able to contact us a lot more than what other um, spouses go through. So that was pretty good. The first trip wasn't too bad. You know, he'd ring you know, every couple of days or something like that. But the second trip, it was ringing enough, near enough every day. And I was like, oh, God, get over it. Like, I got annoyed with it because he'd ask, oh, what have you been doing? And I was like, well, I did exactly the same as what I did yesterday. You know, go to work, look after the kids, take them to sport. But you sort of find the strength somewhere and you, you do it, don't you? I did have a, a great support network. You know, a lot of my friends helped out whenever they could or they'd just be there just to listen. And so did you, yeah, at that good. stage, did you get involved with any of the community houses or spouse groups or um, was it just the ones that you, not, you've met? Yeah, I don't think it is supportive as, as much. Like, or when, I suppose if you have young kids, it may be, but I don't feel part of the defence, if you know what I mean, like that community anymore. You go out and find your own networks. That's what it probably comes mm. down to, yeah. Is that because, yeah. like, obviously your kids are older now and you you now have the option to go and get a job, like a full-time job if you want to, and you don't necessarily have to be reliant on Worry, yeah. a support network anymore. But, I mean, obviously it would be great to still have that connection with other people. Oh, that... absolutely. But, yeah, like even when the kids were in primary school and then going into high school, like I was working, but the defence sort of that DCO community, you didn't really get much of it. I didn't even know. Like I only found out that there was a Facebook page for defence mums sort of thing or defence partners or for Penrith. You know, near enough just before we left. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, we've been there. We moved back in 2004 and we left two years ago. So, you know, I was there for 16 years or whatever and never, you didn't get any communication from DCO. Like back in the day when you were in a, a DHA house, they used to send the publications to that house. And I know with privacy acts and things like that that have changed, you now have to register with DCO to get communication from them. I think too, because it's so widespread down there that, yeah, they don't have that network. Yeah, and you're not Whereas, necessarily living next door to someone else who's... To defense. the base. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I don't know whether it's a how people feel now or whether they don't want to be a part of that community. They're quite happy to go out into the, let's say, the open world and get their support from the public, not from defence. But in saying that, def- they, like, obviously it's, it is great to have friends and obviously sometimes your family are on the outside of what goes on in defence life and it's good Mm. to have an outside connection so you can sort of maybe get away from it a little bit but in saying that on the same token it's also you just can't replace like a fellow spouse that just gets it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, not a lot of people, um, and I mean this in a in a good way, not a lot of people get mm. to the stage where their husband has been in defence for the amount of years that your husband has been in. <laughs> and, mm. I mean, I'm sure my husband will do it as well because there's, I, I just can't see him doing anything else. And That's right. Loves it. Mm. When you get to that stage where obviously your kids are old enough to make that choice when get a posting order and you're going somewhere else and your kids decide to not go with you, like what is that process like and what's that 
feeling like knowing that you're posting away from your kids? That was very hard, very, very hard. Our eldest had moved out in the June, or actually probably a month before we got our posting notice. Like we knew posting had to come up and he had to move. Where to, we weren't too sure, but we knew that he was going to move. And we sort of tried to say to him, can you just hang off a bit, wait till we find out where we're going, then, you know, your brother could move out with you, you know, like at least you could sort of stay together and he's going up. Okay, fine. So him and his girlfriend moved out together and it was like, okay. And then, yeah, a few weeks later, we got the posting notice that we were coming up up north here. So it's like, yep, okay. Now our youngest just turned 22, so he was 20. Said to him, right, you've got to get a job and you've got to find a place to live. You've got six months to do it. Pull your finger out, you know. So that was really hard for him. Or it was hard for us. The fact that when you lived back with them and when the eldest moved out, it's like you knew he'd come home whenever you know he'd come home maybe once a week and he'd just walk in the front door now you don't have that feeling of them walking through the front door so that's that's a bit heart-wrenching you know it's trying to go back to making our um, life prior to children and trying to get over the fact that yes they're not going to walk in the door and support each other with that notion you know yeah Um, and I guess as well when you when you'd post previously some of the focus was getting the kids settled, looking after them. And now you're posting and your husband still has his job, but you sort of have that gap in your life. Hey, Military Wife Life community. I wanted to take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about the Defence Bank Foundation and the great work they're doing in the defence community. The foundation raises funds to support serving and ex-serving ADF members living with injuries or illnesses such as post-traumatic stress disorder. In 2019, the sole beneficiary of the foundation was the Defence Community Dogs Program, a specialised dog training program which rescues abandoned dogs and trains them through correctional services. 40 service dogs have been trained and given to veterans since the Defence Bank Foundation was established. The program gives dogs, inmates and veterans a second chance at life. Yeah, it's like, okay, oh, I've got to go and find a job now and he's got a career. I don't have a career. Like, okay, I've worked in banking, I've worked in hospitality, I've worked in administration, but there's no set career as such. Um, yeah, so it's just finding something that will work when the kids were younger, that I could work around the kids and things like that. Oh, I had a full-time job once when we were in Roman Terrace when our youngest was little and you know, I had one lady there say to me, you should be home looking after your children. And I was like, well, no, I couldn't just sit at home and not do anything because I'd get bored. But two, you know, it's the lifestyle that we have. I need to get out and need to support my husband as well as supporting our children. And do you uh, feel like keeping your finger in... And having a, like when you could, a job, whatever type of career that you could along the way has helped you now that the kids have gone to being able to find a job easier or do you feel like maybe you should have stuck to one thing? Like what what are you feeling yeah, about oh, well, career now? It would have been fantastic if I had stuck with one thing um, and, you know, made something of it, I would say. Like coming here to um, Brisbane, trying to find work has been absolutely hard and other than the fact that you're getting on in age that doesn't help either but I actually um, applied for a couple of jobs so I then applied for a job that I did when I was in Adelaide so that was yeah 16 years ago and I, I got a job so 
the only sad thing is, is that I work nights and that's, yeah, you get home at the wee hours of the morning at, and then just before the husband gets up to go to work and, yeah, you don't see him for a couple of nights. But it's like, oh, well, you know, you've got to do what you've got to do. But, yeah, I think if you can have a career, fantastic. If you can't, well, you know, you you make the most of uh, what you can do. So and that's that's what I have done. I was there for the kids, you know, I was there to take them to sport. I was there to go and watch them play sport. So that's, obviously when you move away from kids, it's not like you're MWDU and you get reunion travel or anything like that. So obviously you then have to work that into your leave plans yeah. and and hope that your kids will also come visit you. Um, but how has uh, that been going? Like, what is the plan with seeing the kids well, regularly? You, well, we'll try, try as much as we can. I went down a couple of times so last year, yep. Other than the fact that I, who I used to work for in a cafe, they um, got me down there to work a bit while one of the chefs, or actually the two chefs were off for a month. So I stayed in their house and um, worked. So that was quite a good thing. I got to see the kids as well. So um, next year, uh, yeah, who knows? Your husband's only got a couple of postings probably before he ends up retiring i mean everyone sort of thinks about this while they're living defense spouse life and they sort of wonder where will we end up where will we retire like where is home so where is home for you guys it's a real tough one oh this isn't our forever home that we've just built this is our forever now home and we've built the house so it's family friendly you know but hopefully maybe mid mid north coast new south wales if not around newcastle way but i don't see us heading back to um, Sydney or Penrith anyway um, just too expensive and at least we'd be halfway between like Ian's family all live up here in Queensland so you know if we do need to um, come up you know it's not that far and then we won't be far from the kids if they're still going to stay in Penrith. How did it go obviously posting away this time knowing that you pretty much weren't going to live with the kids again like was it extra emotional moving away knowing that things weren't probably ever going to be the same again with the kids and just oh, living around absolutely. the corner absolutely absolutely yeah and it's been very tough actually so um but hearing that my husband like when my husband talks about it that he's emotional about missing the children <laughs> does get you a bit emotional at the moment the fact that they they're not there is it's hard, you know. I know I left home and moved away, so it's a bit different. Well, it would have been different if they both moved away, or at least the door we were still there. But yeah, we've picked up and went, yeah, see so years later, we've um, moving states. So it is very emotional. You know, I'm sitting in our front uh, or our media room just looking at pictures of the kids and looking at all of their things. So we've kept a few things, but um, it is hard. But you, you need to um, start a new life and make new memories. At least they've got they've both got a career and they they're working hard for it. So um, yeah, quite proud. And our youngest, he did an amazing job. He um, went out and got himself an apprenticeship. He's now going, I think, into his third year. So they're doing something, which is is really good. I guess yeah. it's easier. It's not easy moving away from them, but it's easier knowing that they've both got their lives sort of on track and yeah, they've got their own absolutely. things happening. Yeah, and like we've got a network of people that will look after them. And so yeah. did you? get any comments from anyone about you guys posting away from your kids was everyone on board with it or did you have anyone that sort of didn't understand what you were doing oh no no I think everyone knew what our life was like they had already dealt with Ian being away with 
for three years. So they knew that, yeah, what was going to happen. We've got all of those friends there that will watch out for our kids anyways. What have been some of the things you've done to help yourself, I guess, over the years while your husband's been away or while you've been posting in and out of areas? Like Sport was a, a good thing. I did a lot of um, netball and did that every place bar here because it's too expensive to um, play netball up here, which is very strange. <laughs> but I did basketball in Wagga. Um, and that was with work colleagues. I'd do indoor or outdoor. Um, you know, you made friends, both defence and non. Also mental health wise, what have you done to look after your mental health? Have you accessed any support services for your mental health? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I think it was well, one of the trips that the husband was away I, through DVA. I went through their system. They found a psychologist, yeah, to talk to, but to a degree didn't feel comfortable discussing things with her but yeah no I spoke a lot with friends yeah I used to do meditation and I worked closely with the the ladies there and did a lot of um, energy healing learned a few bits of modalities myself through that you mentioned that your husband was also having a little bit of a tough time coping with being away from the kids how has he been working through that or is he just keep it to himself yeah he does keep that to himself but I know that he has spoken to people you know when they've talked oh how the kids going it's like oh yeah it's really sad they're not going to walk through the front door where that's what you expect them to do but he plays his war game I think whatever it is on his tablet and you know he keeps himself occupied reads books reads war books it's like oh god and the more (laughs) more important leave that at work the (laughs) more important question is are you guys sick of each other yet no, 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 no. We, you know, we're doing all right. And actually, since we've moved out here, um, we takes the dogs for a walk. When I'm home um, at night, we'll we'll go together. But yeah, he's um, he takes them when I go to work. So yeah, he's keeping himself occupied. We're always at each other's hair, so it's all good, you know. And it's all fun banter. And that's I think that's what you got to be able to do is you can have banter, but not be critical sort of thing but be able to know when a joke's a joke and I know when he came back from Canberra I think it was you know he'd been away for the three years and and even doing those trips to the Middle East you know you get into your routines you got everything sorted you guys have got to come back and fit into our lifestyle not me change my lifestyle to you you know we've kept all of our routines the same you know you come back in and I made him go and see counselling because you know things weren't right in all different ways whether it was a workload whether it was family life whether it was you know combination of everything so yeah he went and thought counselling and you know I met I went out and had a visit with his counsellor and yeah she was impressed that yeah we were still together after all these years and I was like well you it's either you you do or you don't you know you you've got to make it work and if you're not happy, well, then you got to do something about it. So, yeah. Um, well, it's good that your that's husband's what open to that. Oh, well, he had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been really great to hear about, obviously, something that we don't often think about is the side of defence life when you get to that point in your husband's career where you're posting and, and leaving kids behind and all of that side of things because um, mm. it always seems so far away. But. Well, yeah, I never thought that we would leave our kids. Yeah, thought they would have stayed. But that's how it is, isn't it? You, you've got to move on and got to make the most of every every situation that you're in. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time.
Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 